Welcome to episode number 10 of It's Worth a Thought. We're glad that you joined us. It's Levi, and I'm here again with Mike, and we're excited for this week's episode. Uh, today, we were joined by Pastor Chris Wyatt. Chris Wyatt's been a friend of ours for a very long time. Um, he was a pastor in Cambridge, Ontario, and a few years ago, just about three years ago, he suffered a very severe stroke, and it's completely changed his life. It's changed his occupation, his ministry, and so uh, Chris White came on to talk about um, how he's recovered and what God has taught him over the last three years dealing with the stroke. Yeah, so encouraged by this conversation with Pastor Wyatt. Uh, what I really took away from this was his perspective, and that he is looking down at life and seeing all the changes and things that he would never have uh, imagined in his life, but his perspective is still solid, and he sees uh, that God still is working in his life. And that was a very a big encouragement to me to, to make sure I understand that during life to keep the right perspective. Yeah, something he he really focuses on in this conversation that was challenging to me was the idea of purpose. Uh, you know, he he admitted that he, he still, even all these years after the stroke, he doesn't know for sure what God's purpose was uh, in the stroke, but he knows for sure that God had a purpose, and he's been spending his life trying to find his new purpose and to find God's purpose for his life and wants to fulfill that. He knows that the fact that he's here means that he is, has a purpose and he has a story to tell, and he's he's finding new and creative ways that he never had before to share the gospel and to share his story with others, and so that was really encouraging to me as well. So thank you for joining the conversation today as we listen to Pastor Chris Wyatt talk about a biblical perspective on tragedy on this episode of It's Worth a Thought. We're glad to have with us uh, Pastor Chris Wyatt, a friend of our church, personal friend of mine, and uh, Pastor Wyatt a few years ago had a tragedy in his life. So our conversation today is talking about those events, those times in life when tragedy hits us, uh, how we react to that can either uh, de can define us and we if we don't uh, deal with it. And so we're going to talk about it tonight on a sorts of thought. So Pastor Wyatt, can you hear me now? Yes. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to start this over. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and all that. Thank you for joining us today. Okay. Well, I mentioned I was born in England in uh, 1968. We came to Canada when I was eight years old in 1977. And I was born again in Burlington, Ontario, when I was 12 years old in 1981. Awesome. And so, so Pastor Wyatt... Uh, tell us about your ministry, and then tell us about the tragedy that came to your life. Can you give us a time frame, maybe, of, of what that... And I'll say this about Pastor Wyatt. We've been in ministry together. We're all about the same age. I look way better for my age than he does, but uh, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, we've worked a lot on the help program and stuff together over the years. So, Brother Wyatt, tell us about your ministry, and then uh, the, the event that really changed your life and when that was. Um, well, in 2002, uh, God led us to start Beacon Baptist Church in Cambridge, Ontario, which we did, and things went fairly well um, until 2018, when out of the blue, I had a stroke. So, Well, all right, tell us a little bit how the stroke um, changed your life. Obviously, you were uh, progressing, the church was progressing, and things were going quite well. Um, you were getting ready to come on full time as pastor, if I remember correctly. Tell us yeah, a little bit about. Correct. Tell us a little bit about the details of what went on, and then how the stroke actually changed your life. Well, 2018 was starting off with great promise. We had visitors at church, and things were going very well. And then in uh, March, actually the week of the Man Up conference, 
Um, I had a headache at the beginning of the week and didn't think too much about it. I don't have headaches very often, but I know a lot of people do. So um, Wednesday night, I taught Bible study and we have a little had a little church bus and I drove people to and from church. And after I got back home uh, from driving people home, I went upstairs to get ready for, for bed. And my wife said, how's the headache? I said, oh, it's still there. She said, take two Tylenol. So I looked at the bottle and I said, it says take one to two and I'm going to sleep anyway. I'm just going to take one. So I took a Tylenol and an hour or so later, um, she says the headache gone. I said, no. So she said, here, take the other Tylenol. She's not usually a drug pusher, but. <laughs> um, so I, I, I took the other Tylenol, went to sleep. And I woke up sometime around 4 a.m. Um, and I was thirsty. I had a glass of water on my nightstand, so I took a drink of water and I spilt a little bit of the water on the pillow. So it woke my wife up and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I was thirsty and I got a drink of water. And I said, no, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. She said, you are not going anywhere. You will fall. I said, why would I fall? She said, I'm phoning 911. So she phoned 911 and I said, well, I don't know why you're calling emergency. I'm fine. But I guess my speech was slurred and she knew there was something going wrong. So the ambulance attendants came in and took me to the hospital in Kitchener. Uh, we were living in Cambridge at the time. And the uh, emergency doctor said, we're going to send you to Hamilton. Hamilton is the best place for you. So I said, well, I grew up in Burlington. And I said, Hamilton's never been the best place for me. He said, well, it is now. So by that time, my wife was at the hospital. So they sent me down by ambulance, road ambulance, because there was no air ambulance available to the Hamilton hospital. And my wife and kids followed in, in our van. And when I got there, they, my wife and my oldest brother who met us there said, they need to cut your skull open to allow your brain to swell. Otherwise, it'll put pressure on your brainstem and you may die. Is that okay? So I said, thought to myself, well, they're the doctors. If they make a mistake when they're cutting my skull open, I could die. But if they don't do it, I could die. So I said, that's fine. So they took about almost half of my skull off the right-hand side. And um, of course, the next week or two, I was in and out of coma. Um, medically induced and otherwise. Uh, the Man Up Conference was on, uh, that was a Thursday morning I had the stroke, so Friday was the Man Up Conference. And I understand the meeting was paused to pray for me because it didn't look like I was gonna make it. And um, God heard the prayers of those three or 400 men and um, spared my life. So um, after I left the Hamilton Hospital, I was sent back to Kitchener and then to a rehab hospital in Kitchener for several weeks, a couple months. Um, I found out later that the doctor in Kitchener had initially said he'd never seen anybody have a stroke that was as bad as the one I'd had and survived. So uh, my physiotherapist told me that the chart said that, that, that I had a worse stroke than the doctor had seen anyone survive. So Wow. Wow. Now, obviously, that's quite a bad stroke. I'm, I've seen pictures of your stroke and, you know, what portions of your brain 
the doctors have said it have basically died because of the stroke and it's, yeah. it's quite intensive. Um, obviously your life has changed. So I want you to elaborate if you would, um, on how your life has changed, um, through this, this time. I mean, pretty much everything. I mean, there's, there's very few things that remain the same. Thankfully, my wife stuck by me, um, which is a blessing. A lot of stroke survivors I know on Facebook comment that their partner left them when they had a stroke, but I'm thankful that that remained the same. My wife has been uh, a great helpmeet and faithful to me throughout the whole process. Um, other than that, I had to resign from the church um, in October of that year. And... I had a part-time job that I was supposed to be finishing for a good reason, but I had to leave it for, for the reason of the stroke as well. I can no longer drive as of the result of the stroke. So my ability to independence basically is gone in many ways. My, my left side is what's affected. I can walk again, which the doctor said I would never stand or walk again, but I, I do walk with a cane. But my left arm is still not... Um, mobile yet I have to pretty much do everything one-handed with my right with my right hand at this point so um, yeah pretty much everything has changed you know from the physical perspective I lost independence and things I used to do around the house I'm not able to do you know DIY repairs things like that not able to do that anymore I drove a church bus for the help program and for a church, and I'm not able to do that, which is something that I really miss terribly. Yeah, all everything changed in a in a moment in a in one event. How yeah. has that affected or changed your identity? A huge. I think um, as people, we identify ourselves by often, especially men, by our work and by our vehicle, I think. And I can't drive and I don't have a job. So I had a real struggle to know really who I was anymore. And I'm thankful that my identity in Christ has not changed. And that is a, is a blessing on a daily basis. But humanly speaking, it really is something that you really lose track of who, who I am because so much has changed. Yeah, I think people can identify that when a tragedy comes and maybe what you have identified yourself as, you'd identify yourself as the pastor of Beacon Baptist Church and you had to resign that. But that happens to anybody in a tragic situation. Can you talk us through maybe some uh, Bible verses, some principles, some things that God gave you in that time to get you through this struggle of not feeling like yourself or not knowing who you were at that time to get you to where you are now? One of the first verses that came to my mind when I came, kind of was in the rehab hospital was a verse in John chapter 11, verse 37. John 11 is the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And you may remember the story that Jesus, when he heard Lazarus was sick, sick stayed two days where he was and delayed his getting to um, Bethany to help Lazarus. And one of the verses that, that came to my mind just in the early days of my recovery was John eleven thirty seven, And uh, it was the people who stood around and saw Jesus wept in John eleven thirty five, And Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, were very upset, obviously, that the brother was dead. And some said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? And God gave me that verse 
to realize that he could have prevented my stroke, but it, in other words, he has a purpose. He had a purpose in Lazarus's situation, and he has a purpose in my life. And that undoubtedly has been with me every step of the, of the way. It doesn't make life easy, but my, my faith that God has a plan and he has a reason for allowing this is something that helps me on a daily basis. Do you think that you have found your new purpose yet, three and a half years after your stroke? Um, well, I don't know. I am I'm thankful for opportunities to preach. Again, I preached on the weekend down in Welland and um, a few weeks ago in Hamilton. Um, but I don't know. I do know that I've been able to reach some people who I wouldn't have been able to reach had I not had the stroke, some of my caregivers and fellow stroke survivors. Um, so I have been able to testify of the goodness of God and, and his salvation. Um, so whether that's the purpose that God has in it, if, you know, humanly speaking, it is an awful big disruption to life. But, you know, in, in the light of eternity, if I knew for sure that one person came to know Christ as a result of me having my stroke and that for all of eternity they will be in heaven, and I have to suffer for 5, 10, 15, 20 years on earth, in light of eternity, it's, it's well worth the price. But again, that doesn't mean it's easy. And I don't see it that way every, every moment of every day. But that's, that's the reality of, of how I try to look at, at things and realize that God has a purpose. And if he reuses me to reach somebody, and I suffer for a few years here, but still I have heaven waiting for me one day, and if somebody else can have heaven waiting for them as a result of my contact through my stroke, then, um, you know, in, in, in God's equation, I have to say that that would be a worthwhile situation. Yeah, that's good. Um, how, how would you say, maybe this is a hard question, but how would you say you were able to maintain that focus, that, that purpose? Obviously, you have good days and bad days, but how do you always seem to come back to that, that joy, that purpose? Um, I guess it just, you know, we ha I have to live every day and um, every day I spend time with the Lord and the Lord and his word have become a lot more precious to me even than, than ever before. In many ways, I, I walk every day for exercise and every day when I walk, I think of verses in the Bible that talk about walking and those things that fellowship with the Lord on a very intimate basis has become very precious. So that very, that helps to keep the right focus. All right, you mentioned earlier that when you lost maybe some of your identity as a pastor and a, a man who likes to work and drive his car and that identity was taken away from you, you held on to the identity of being a child of God. Maybe Amen. Um, maybe expand on that. We may be having people watch this that don't really understand what all that entails about being a child of God and what that's all about and how that got you through some difficult times. Could you expand on that a little bit for us? Um, well, I mean, when we when when I came to Canada when I was eight years old, we we had been raised in a mainline denomination where you're told to do your best, and hopefully the scales will weigh in your favor when you stand before God. But when I got saved when I was 12 years old, and since then I've had the biblical authority of God's word that that one day when I die I will go to heaven. And um, you know when I when I realized how close to death I came during the stroke. I had a great peace realizing that I know where I would have been had I not made it through. And uh, so that, uh, you know, my salvation is, is definitely the foundation of my life. And 
what helps me get through on a, on a daily basis ultimately. Yeah, when I, when I hear you talk about, you know, being part of a, a denomination or religion and talk about being a child of God, I, I think of John chapter 1, verse 12, where it says that, that when we receive Christ, he gives us power to become the sons of God. And that's really what you're talking about, is that the 12-year-old experience where you realize that your religion or, you know, just being a good person or the, the, the good things on the scale weren't going to be good enough, that you needed a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and talk yeah, about life-changing events. That was it, right? Amen. I mean, to know the Lord, and not that I didn't have some struggles in my, you know, early years. I tend to have a anxious personality, so I had some issues of eternal security, but I'm thankful for the Bible. I could always go back to, to gain that foundation again, just to realize that God doesn't change, and His Word is, is sure. So That's really good. You've mentioned the Bible multiple times, so let me ask this question. What biblical principles help you every single day through this major change of your life? Um, just, again, just the faith in God's plan, Romans eight twenty eight, that all things work together for good. Just realizing that God has, has a plan for, for my life, even though it's changed and it's drastically different than it seemed like it was going to be. Um, just that, that principle of God having a, a purpose for our life and a plan is definitely, like I said, I... I you know, quote scriptures to meditate on the scriptures when I'm walking. Often, if I get tired and think I don't know I'm going to make it home, then I just recite Isaiah 40:31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I just say, Lord, my strength is weak. I need your strength to get me home. And He does. He gives me the strength. And so that that close walk with the Lord is definitely. Um, you know, I, I think of the verses that talk about walking, and one says, "A just man falls seven times and rises up again." And Jude, um, the end of the chapter, says unto him that is able to keep you from falling. So sometimes the verse that just man falls seven times comes to my mind. And I say, okay, Lord, that's a great verse, but I'd rather go with Jude today. I, I want you to keep me from falling. And um, Psalm, Psalm 37, 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And I preached a message about that a number of uh, months ago, but just to realize that God delights in my way, even though my way, my path, doesn't seem the same as I expected it to be. God delights in it, and he delights also in my prayer, according to Proverbs 15, 8. And so even though I feel like my path has changed a great deal, God delights in my way, so he has a, a plan for me, and that is the, the great comfort of my heart every day. If you look at if you look at Chris Wyatt before the stroke and Chris Wyatt today, what would you say other than the you know the physical just, you know things you can't do that you used to do anymore? What's the biggest positive changes you see maybe in your own spiritual walk in your own uh, emotional um, you know makeup? The biggest positive changes from Chris Wyatt before the stroke to Chris Wyatt today? Uh, probably my dependence on prayer. Um, I'm not that I didn't pray before, but just the realization of you know. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing in John 15, verse 5. And I think that has become a more reality to me. I always told people in, when I was a pastor, you know, pastor, we can't do things anymore. We're older now. I always used to tell them we can still pray. Never expecting at 49 years old that I would be the one that couldn't do a lot of the things that I used to do, but I can still pray. 
and knowing the power of prayer and realizing that what God can do has probably impacted my life uh, greater than, than anything else in a positive way is, is uh, that, that dependency on God through prayer. I think a lot of times when there's a tragedy or something that happens, we get very bitter. And um, I, I'm not going to ask you that today if you're bitter or not, but from your from the way you talk, from the joy that you've uh, mentioned, um, as I called him today, I, I told him, I said, hey, you're looking really good today. And he said, no, don't go too far. And uh, so he's always got a good sense of humor and uh, always joyful, at least when I talk to him. Uh, I, I'm not going to you know, say that's always, but uh, it, there's something to be said about somebody who has a relationship with God as they go through these difficult times. And I'm not just talking about being saved. I'm not just talking about being a Christian. I'm talking about somebody that has a real thriving relationship with God. And now because of this physical ailment, that has gotten closer. And he spent more time in prayer and, and allowed that. And I'm just so thankful for your testimony and, and how you have pushed through even through physical problems. Um, the, the interesting thing to me is we don't realize things almost until physical problems happen. All, all of your life, probably, Brother Wyatt, you can attest to this, you had emotional, spiritual, maybe even psychological problems, um, but it was almost until God broke us physically that we begin to pay attention. So what would you say to somebody who may be broken emotionally, may be broken spiritually or psychologically, what would you say to them um, to focus more on God? Yeah, I guess, you know, First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. Just remembering God's love to us. Um, I really don't know what I would do without God's grace. I do have bad days. You can ask my wife and, you know, my kids. I definitely have bad days and not, not every day is a good day. But um, every day ends well when I spend it with the Lord in prayer before and his word before I go to bed. Um, I try. I try to focus on the fact that the things I used to do that I love doing for the Lord, just to thank the Lord that I had the opportunity to do them. I can't drive a bus anymore, but I, I did have many years of driving bus for for a church and for the health program, and for our um, for our own church there in Cambridge. And I was thrilled to be able to do that, and I miss it. And there are days when I'm tempted to to feel sorry for myself that I can't do it anymore. But then I have to stop and pause and say a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to do it in the first place. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had to do it in the first place. And I, I try and focus on that to try and help me to, to keep on the, on, the, on the upper side encouraged rather than being discouraged. Um, even driving itself, I, I always loved driving. I was at the license office on my 16th birthday to get my beginners and Soon after, got my full license, and driving was my passion. I love driving. And, you know, I feel sorry for myself sometimes. I can't drive. I had a pickup truck for a little while and can't drive my truck. And then I think, well, you know what? Praise God, I had a pickup truck. I had a car. I had a couple of vehicles that, you know, were vehicles I really wanted to get at some point in my life. God allowed me to have those things. And so I try and keep that as the focus to think I, I was able to do those things. I was able to have those things. God blessed me with. And yeah, I don't have them now, but in light of eternity, they really don't, they won't really won't matter. Um, I do, you know, obviously with COVID things have changed, but when we pulled up to church and the buses were pulling in, you know, I, I would, I would 
pine inside thinking, man, I wish I could be behind the wheel of that bus bringing all those kids to church. But again, I thank God for the fact that I did have time many times to be the one behind the wheel bringing those kids into church. And that was a great blessing. So I just try and keep that as the focus. And when I do that, it really helps. Um, when I when I don't do that, then I can get down and discouraged just like any, anybody else. I'm certainly not a superhuman. And uh, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, I can, I can do more than anybody else because with God's grace, any of us can get through what God puts in our path. Um, because, you know, people say God will only give you what you can handle. I don't agree with that statement. God will only give you what he can handle. He can let you handle. He can allow you to handle. The whole stroke process is overwhelming, but with God's help, um, day by day, I can handle it. I'll say this about Chris Wyatt. Um, he's a servant. He's always been a servant. Uh, many times as a senior pastor, because he was in a smaller church, he would drive the bus, uh, come in, preach the message, and then leave the pulpit, shake a few hands, and then drive the bus home. And that was just uh, normal for, for Chris. You've talked about some of the opportunities that you used to have that you no longer can do. Are there some opportunities that God has opened for you since the stroke that maybe you didn't have uh, before the stroke, that God has given you open doors and opportunities uh, that you're thankful to God for? Yeah, I mean, before my stroke, I was, you know, hands-on, you know, putting chairs out for fellowships and setting up tables, and, and I miss that. You know, I see people doing that, and I wish I could grab the other end of a table and flip it up and put the legs down and put the chairs around it, but that's not... That's not where things are at. But God has allowed me to, to preach in different churches, which has been a blessing. I, Prior to my stroke, pretty much my time was spent in the pulpit of our own church, which was a blessing, and I enjoyed that. But I'm thankful for opportunities to preach um, in, in other churches and in a couple of meetings um, that God has allowed me to, to have that privilege and opportunity, which didn't come my way before for whatever reason. But... I guess some people sort of like tonight are interested in how a person manages to get through difficulties in life. So that makes, makes it more of an interest to have me come and preach in some ways as well. But um, I'm, I'm glad for those opportunities that I have um, to, to serve the Lord in, in that way. And I find people do ask me to pray about things because they know I've got more time to pray and that I do pray. And so people will ask me specifically of course, they did when I was a pastor as well, but other, you know, friends will say, I know you pray, so can I ask you to pray for this situation or that situation? So that is an opportunity uh, that I've had. I had an opportunity to record some some sermons for a church radio station in the South Caicos, which, again, is something that um, is an opportunity that happened as a result of my stroke that I didn't have before, so... I suppose my my reach in some ways is less local and more more global, and I suppose you could say are more broadly spaced out than it was before. Yeah, I would say I've noticed you being more active, like uh, through social media, Facebook, different things, sharing your faith. Yeah. yeah, because you have the time and the ability. So I think that's another ministry that God's given to you uh, through this whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I try and use use that, especially at the beginning when I couldn't really walk or get around. I, I would try and use, you know, Facebook as a bit of a platform to 
I'm on a stroke survivors group on Facebook. So I try and encourage people who are having difficult times. Um, it's, a, it's not a Christian group, it's just a, a general group. And some people are very upset by any reference to God, but I try and give the Lord the credit for what he's done in my life every time. People will say things like, wow, the doctor said you'd never walk and stand again. You sure proved them wrong. And I say, well, by the grace of God, he's enabled me to do what I can do. And I, I try to give the glory to the Lord because he is the one that deserves the, the praise for what he's done in my life. Yes, I've had a lot. I've had to persevere, had to work hard. My family has been amazing, but ultimately God has been the one to give me the grace and the help to do more than the doctor said I would ever do. And so I just try and use this platform to point people to the Lord uh, for the help that they need in their life. That's really good. Um, if you were sitting across the table from somebody who was going through a really difficult time and you were to tell them one thing, what would you tell them? Just to cast their burden on the Lord. Of course, if they don't know him as their savior yet to, to, um, to call upon him, that it's, you know, salvation is more than a fire escape from hell. Salvation is a change of life and a relationship with a loving heavenly father who will help us through the trials and difficulties of life. You mentioned that many people come to you and ask you to pray for certain things. Can we ask you what we can pray for you and pray for your wife and kids? And how can our church and people listening uh, be a support and a help to you by praying for you? Some specific things about that. Um, yeah, we can just pray for my, my left arm and my eyesight is what lost my driver's license. I don't have peripheral vision to the left out of either eye. So, I mean... I sometimes think, well, maybe my driving days are over, but I would love to drive again. And I'm reminded constantly that Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, The eyes of the Lord are run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. I know God is looking for people to show himself strong through. And so I often have, have thought since my stroke, we all want to see God do a miracle, but we don't want to be the one in need of a miracle. And, and I think that that is a true statement, but I am in need of miracles. And so as, as that is the case, I would love God to de do some great things to, to let people know that he is alive and well. I would think of Lazarus and the, and the story I mentioned in Luke or John chapter 11. Many of the people that welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem on the triumphal entry were people that had come to see Lazarus because he'd been risen from the dead. So, you know, if, if through my calamities people can be pointed to the lord through god working miracles on my behalf then then that would be great and the bible says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think and so when i think why what am i asking if i can drive again for then i think well god's able to do that because i can think about driving again so god is able to do that so if it brings him glory by allowing that to take place again even possibly that would be able to drive a bus again whether that's you know, likely or not, but, you know, that would be glory to God. And so I always ask people if they pray for my, my sight and my left arm. It's kind of hard living one-armed in, in life, so tying shoelaces and, and simple things like opening jars and water bottles and all kinds of things. So if you would like to pray for me specifically, there are some physical things to pray pray for. 
and pray for for my wife. She has the the uh, the load of the work at the moment because I I can't work really at this point. So I would like to know what God has for me in the future. I don't know whether I'm just going to be you know medically retired until the day I die. But um, if God can use me in some way, I would I would sure like to be used of the Lord. Um, so if He gives me direction, that gives me healing to be able to do something to serve Him in some a greater way then i'm happy to do that so you can pray along with me on that that would be that would be a blessing that's really good we would enjoy doing that and i would challenge every person to pray for him one thing i've noticed is his perspective and um that's the thing when we go through difficult trials and tribulations we can look at them as a stumbling block something that's tearing us down or we can look at them as god has a plan and let's figure out what god's plan is and um as I said before, it may not always be that way, but as a general outlook, that's the way he has it. And uh, he's just to hear him say that he's thankful that he used to be a bus driver. He had that opportunity. What a perspective. I mean, most of us think the opposite. I wish I could be. And he's just thankful that he had the opportunity. So, Brother Wyatt, thank you so much for a wonderful. Amen. Thank you. Again, you know, I do have my bad days and my down days where I, you know, I do get feel pretty discouraged, but I I'm glad that I can call on the Lord even on those days and ask him to forgive me for my discouragement and help me to be encouraged and lifted up. And he, he does. So praise the Lord for, for his grace. Well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Pastor Wyatt. We've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, obviously, well, Pastor, thank you for allowing me. Sure. It's a blessing. Pastor Wyatt's not the only man who's had a stroke at a young age. That happens occasionally. Uh, what maybe sets him apart in our mind anyway is that he has a biblical perspective on what God is trying to do and is still looking forward to what God is going to do in his life. And so uh, having a biblical perspective is what this program and what this um, medium is all about, is trying to get that idea that as you go through life, you can look at things differently if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior and look at what the Bible says. And so thank you so much for sharing that perspective with us tonight, tonight on It's Worth a Thought. Thanks for listening to the It's Worth a Thought podcast. If you have questions for us or would like further information regarding our episode and the topic we've covered, you can find our contact information in the description. We hope this episode has helped you to see a biblical perspective on some of life's greatest issues and perhaps consider that the Bible truly is worth a thought.